The public betas of Apple's operating systems are now available. And in this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we talk about the new features in those betas. We'll look at Safari, FaceTime, and a lot more. Stay tuned to find out what we think. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Hello. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Last week was public beta week. So Apple released public betas of iOS, macOS, tvOS, iPadOS. I almost forgot. I, oh, I, I, I did forget. Did I say watchOS? Did I don't I remember. For- <laughs> All the OS. <laughs> I forgot already. <laughs> Anyways, Apple released public betas of them. We thought we would take the opportunity in this episode to talk about our experiences with using the betas. If you have any experiences and any comments you would like to chime in with, uh, let us know on Twitter or on Facebook, and we'll take a look at those. But anyways, um, the big one is, should we talk about the elephant in the room first? And that's, I, I meant, and I used elephant uh, purposely because it's Safari. <laughs> iOS 15. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, sure, we can start there. That's, or is, I how, mean, where would you guys like to start? I, I'm sure if if we're using iOS 15, that's the one feature that I can say that we, we've all used because it's all it's the web browser and you can't avoid it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's other things that you may or you you may or may not have messed around with focus modes or something, but there's no way you didn't go to a website. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, uh, Safari's got some nice stuff in it with, you know, adding extensions and tab groups and stuff like that. But they also changed up the UI in some ways that has been really contentious with users, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, it's had they come out with this maybe in 2008, we'd be okay with it by now. <laughs> maybe, but it yeah. is such a shock to the system. And your muscle memory and everything we know about web browsers that it's it's almost impossible to embrace it. Yeah, moving the whole uh, the tab bar, but it's really the address bar and everything else. The whole UI kind of shifted to the bottom and automatically hides when you scroll down a page. And I don't. I mean, nothing else works like that. Like the iPad, the Mac, like everything else is still just an address bar and tabs at the top. And people have problems with what they did with the Mac too, where they made all the tabs in a row with the address bar. So the address bar shrinks and all this, you know, and I get, I get that. And it's a little bit annoying. It does give you more space on the screen. I mean, but what are we talking about? <laughs> Two millimeters, three millimeters. I mean, it's not, we're not seeing much more of a web page. Right. It, it, well, you're seeing the the height of the tab bar. Yeah. It kind of gets rid of that and puts it in line. And but but on iOS, shifting it all to the bottom, I guess it's the idea is it's reachable with it's, one hand. Yeah, one hand. But no one's. I mean, we've we've shifted the way we hold our phones, the way we use our phones for for years now. But and and it just doesn't make sense to me in this in the sense that like it's one hand for one tap, but then you've got to type. Like you're back to using two hands anyway. Like yeah, right. you're gonna type, you're gonna tap the address bar, and then you're gonna the keyboard's gonna pop up, and you're gonna have to use two hands again. I mean, maybe maybe that's what happened. I mean, it it seems as though Apple put a good deal of thought into this redesign. 
Yeah, this is not the kind of like tiny little tweak right. that just suddenly that that annoys somebody. Like they put it, a lot of things are different. There's no refresh button. It's it's hidden under yeah. like the more options button and stuff. Like there's a lot of it, this is really deliberate. Like you said, it's and and they must be convinced it's better. Yeah. But like you said, it, it not only does it go against a lot of our muscle memory, it just, there's also some stuff that it just seems like everything takes more taps. Yeah. Everything is less discoverable. Like you wouldn't, you don't know where it is. If you want to refresh the page, it's like, well, they want you to pull to refresh, which is a great feature. But if you're not at the top of the page, you've now got to go to the top of the page. That's that's the big one for me. So yeah. you, you can tap up in the top bar, but nobody knows you can do that. So people are going to scroll like five swipes with your thumb to go all the way back to the top of the page to pull to refresh. Oh, but it's also in that menu. It doesn't tell you it's but, in that right. menu. It's not and visible. You got, and you got to click twice. Like the little circle or half circle arrow is what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, swiping left and right on the address bar to jump back and forth between tabs is it's a good gesture, but it's way too close. Now that it's the bottom, it's way too close to the regular multitasking gesture. And I can't tell you how many times I've swiped between apps (laughs) thinking I was going to swipe between pages because I was just like a little bit off. The little bar is right there, right? Which is what you need to, Yeah. And I don't need to go back and forth between tabs nearly as much as I just need the back and forward gesture right. yeah, to go right. back to the last page. I would rather the swipes be that. Yeah. So it seems and like they, they wanted to solve one problem and then made like a dozen more problems. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm not 100% sure what problem they were solving to begin with, but – I think the reachability thing. I, guess, I think just I guess, like but who's like, one-handed That was operation. a problem five years ago. Yeah. That's not an issue anymore. Apple has a 6.7 inch phone. That's not a problem. <laughs> they're, they're no. I mean, is it just for the iPhone 12 Mini? Is it, is it strictly for that one phone? That's no. It would be for the big away. phone, so you can, where you can't reach the. But top you're not using phone. those with one hand ever. Yeah, I mean, ever. yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Is that you know those are always two hands. They're two hand phones. Really. The 6.1 in, in for the most part is two. I mean, they're big enough now where we've changed the way we hold our phones. Yeah. One-handed use is no longer a thing. And yeah, I, for I the most part. I, just, I don't see it. I mean, the, and, you know, as this beta goes along, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe added a little refresh button to the side of the address bar or small tweaks, but part and parcel. This is this is how it's going to be. And people are going to be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and and it's not one of those. There's plenty of changes that happen in iOS that are for more or less avoidable. Like if you don't like the app library, well, you can just load up your app's on on the home screens and put them in folders yeah. and all that stuff you've always done and just never swipe over to it. You know, you can't make it go away, but you can just never use it and it's fine. This you cannot avoid. This is like get another web browser, I guess, but you can't really change your default. Anytime something opens, it's going to open Safari. So like you're, you're going to end up staring at this day one that you update to iOS 15 and you're going to go, why? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand this. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. But on the other hand, I've been using the iPad OS and I do like Safari there. Um, it's a lot of the Mac stuff that they brought over and yeah. it's smart. They didn't, you know, it's not a wholesale change to the way we browse like it is on the iPhone. And uh, it's good. It looks it looks good. It it it's, it functions well. I like the tabs. How they you know the, the shrinking and the groups and all that stuff. Like they did a mm-hmm. real nice job with that stuff. There are some good elements here. 
But the UI stuff on the iPhone is just mind-boggling in its deliberateness. I just don't. Yeah, on on the Mac and the iPad, um, I, I can see some argument about why people don't like all the apps being in uh, the tabs being in line and shrinking your address bar and you and they want their refresh button back. But th- these are relatively minor tweaks that I think they could fix. Um, I think it, that sort of shrinking tabs into one line thing is really more beneficial on the iPad where you've got less space and you just want the window Chrome to take up less space. And they just kind of kept it all in sync on the, on the Mac, whatever. But yeah, I I don't know what they're doing on the iPhone. It doesn't feel, it's certainly, it's a shock to the system. It doesn't feel right. And then even once you get used to it, I, I struggle to find it better. Like I've, I'm used to it now and I still don't feel like, when I go back to doing it the old way, I don't feel like this is worse. Yeah. Like I've, you know, so it's funny when, when they introduced it at, uh, during the keynote, it was part of, I think the Mac presentation. And they also said, Oh, and by the way, we're also doing this to the iPhone without saying, Hey, we completely and totally changed the way you're going to like, they didn't talk about it in the iOS 15 section, which I thought was, was right. interesting. Well, it was, yeah, it was really change. a, yeah, it was really a Safari change. Yeah. Because yeah. the changes are all in Safari, and they didn't want to have a separate Safari section. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was in the Mac section. Yeah, it was kind of like an iOS insert in the Mac section of the of the key, of that keynote. Yeah, they were talking about how like tab groups sync between devices and right. all that other stuff, and they just kind of showed it, and they didn't really go over the like, oh, we moved everything to the bottom, and there's no refresh button, and there's <laughs> all this other stuff, and that like, would they didn't even try to sell everybody. it like they normally do. Yeah, it just kind of it's there. I yeah, like you said, Mike, I can't imagine that between now and release, they're gonna like say, well, you guys don't like it. We put it back at the top yeah, or something like that. So I think we're stuck with this for like probably a year until... I mean, probably. They usually, they usually get rid of things immediately. So it's at least iOS 17 here. <laughs> well, it's not that they get rid of something. It's that they change it again and go like... Or they can the make ho- an option maybe. Or we made it so amazing. Like... They never say we messed up. They always say like we've improved it with this new thing, and that is even if it's back the way the old thing is, like their keyboard. I could see them saying, "All right, this is a a checkbox. If you want to move the address yeah. bar back to the top, you know, there's a there's an option in settings, but that's that's not going to happen here. They're going to try yeah, it for it. at least a year and see mm-hmm. what people think of it, and people are not going to be happy. Remember the iOS seven revolt and that was just like things looked differently this is the thing that people use all day and they're going to go into it and say what the hell is going on (laughs) yeah i think about the the hundreds of millions of users who who don't use the beta they're not following this stuff closely they just get a notification saying update your iphone and they do it and they're going to be the first web page yeah. they go to five minutes after they update it, they're going to wonder you know, like, what's like, going on. Like my mom's going to call me and say, what's going on with Safari? What do I, what do I, what am I doing right. wrong? What am I doing? I went here? to the web page and it's all on the bottom now. And yeah. how do I change that? How do I refresh it? How do I open it? You know, it's fine. That's what we're here for. But <laughs> it's, it, I, I just, I would love to see, I would have loved to hear Craig Federighi explain the, 
principles behind what their thought process was. Like, what was the reason? What are they solving? And where are they going with it? Because it's, it's, it was, it just, it doesn't right. seem like it's necessary. Yeah, I think Apple is not known for doing like user groups, studies, and no. marketing studies like that. No. They don't do that kind of thing. They know it's kind of like so, a we know better thing, or right. On the other hand, they have in relative recent years, going back, you know, I, I guess under the Kim, Kim Cook era, they have listened to people's gripes, if you will, and they have you know softened their stance on that stuff. So. If there is a huge backlash, I'm sure they'll make some kind of a, of some kind of a change or some kind of a, of a tweak or a setting or something. Maybe even between iOS 15 and iOS 16, we don't know. But right now, it's not going to happen before the beta is out of beta. If this is, this is what we're getting. Probably. The frustrating thing to me is Apple does this every now and then where you use something and you immediately know, this is bad. Yeah. Right. Like Siri remote it, comes to mind. <laughs> Siri remote, the, the hockey puck mouse, yes. the, the change to the keyboard from the butterfly keyboard, you know, and stuff. You use them and you can say, most people are not going to like this. And you know it immediately when you use it. And here we have something that, that is like that. And it's completely software. It's totally changeable. And you see Apple doing it again, and you want them to take the hint this time. You want them to just go like, look, we're trying to stop you from doing one of those things where you're going to mess it up for two years, and then you're going to fix it, and everyone's going to go, they finally fixed it. <laughs> you have an opportunity not to do this. This isn't hardware. You're not stuck into a, a cycle of supply chain stuff and uh, have a deadline to reach, you can literally just move this back to the top of the screen in the next few months of this software development process. We're trying to help you here and they're not going to listen. They're not going to, I don't believe we're going to, they're going to listen. I think we're going to get essentially this when it releases this fall. Yeah, I mean the, beta, the the betas aren't necessarily for Apple to take a pulse of what people like and dislike. It's to fix stuff that's yeah. broken. So right. yeah, mm-hmm. I, it, it's not going to change. But again, I say that Tim Cook in or under Tim Cook's era, Apple has changed their stance. You know, the butterfly keyboard went away, Siri remote went away, even like the Apple Watch. That button went to friends at first and then they changed it you know they they have realized okay some of the things we do aren't right and we can change it but you know we'll we'll see there's something here that they wanted to do yeah and we'll we'll see you still you still plug magic mice in at the bottom though like there's there's other plenty (laughs) of other free places where they haven't you know that's true and they did have a chance with the imac to change that um and and honestly the honestly the keyboard thing if it wasn't a reliability issue where they were it was costing them money. I'm not sure they would have changed it. Maybe. I don't know. It is way better now, though. <laughs> it is way better. It's back to being one of the right. best keyboards exactly. on any laptop anywhere, yeah. right? All right. So, Safari, we've, we've talked about the, the worst thing. What other major features have you guys been using? I, well, if we're going to new let's, OSs, let's, let's continue with the criticalness. <laughs> so the, the iPad home screen got okay. all the all the iOS fourteen um, iPhone stuff. App library widgets I, app library yeah, widgets yep. widgets app library app library I I love. 
it's it's first of all it's in the dock which is awesome kind of like mission control on the mac which i don't use but on this i use it all the time you, mm-hmm. it there's a nice little animation where it kind of like shrinks and, and and grows it's it's great widgets though i don't love and it they feel almost out of place on the ipad so on the iphone they fit so nicely into the grid they're, right. they're designed in a way where a, a, a one a one column or or the smallest widget kind of goes around the the icons and they off to the side and it's all on the same thing. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. On the iPad, they're just kind of there, like it doesn't flow visually with the icons around it. They're you know they do go, you know the icons get pushed aside when you move. If you look at all of Apple's marketing, and I wasn't sure why they did this, now I know why. All of the widgets are at the top of the screen and all the icons are below it. Because that's what, that, that's how it looks best, and, that, and that's how it's most logical. And I guess that's fine. I'll get used to that. But I like on my iPhone. On my iPhone, I have them kind of interspersed between the yeah. icons, and I like that look a little better. Um, as far as the functionality goes, it's it's they're they're good. They're the same as they are on the iPhone. I don't the, the larger format ones don't really do much for me. They're just bigger. You know, yeah, I, I think feel a like lot they of could have added more, maybe. Yeah, I think a lot of that's kind of waiting on uh, as people update their apps, and you have more apps yep. that have more widgets, and they're bigger. And I can I can see where there there's some use to that. But it, it it still very much feels like a work in progress for me. But the uh, app library is fantastic, and that like I can get rid of all my app pages and just keep like, like I have my Mac. Like I don't have any icons on my Mac, just, yeah. just my dock. And that's what I'm going to do with my iPad. Also, it's, it, that's way better, way better. Well, and they still have that <laughs> by default. It adds a, a weather widget. Yeah. You know, when you first update and photos there's and stuff, a, there's a few and, yeah. And some other stuff, yeah. but the, the weather widget has no app. <laughs> Yeah, which is if you if you tap yeah. on that weather widget, it goes to a web page, the, the, like, web, the weather channel. Yeah, right. Like, no, why? Yeah, it's, it's very strange. <laughs> where's my Where's my iPad weather app? Yeah, it's so weird. That and calculator. It's just it's almost like a running joke. Yeah, I have no idea why there's no calculator, it's but so they're not weird. dropping me a calculator widget that invites me to tap on it and then open. Yeah, up right. That's true. Although I wouldn't page. be surprised if they did add one next year. <laughs> So, but yeah, it, that, that it, seems like a calculated widget makes sense because you don't need to go to anywhere else. You just type in. Yeah, you would just use it right there in the widget. In fact, yeah. I want that. Yeah, and right. <laughs> there are apps like PCALC and stuff like that that I'm sure they're going to do. Yeah. You know. Um. <laughs> but so that's that. Like it's it's a small quirk, but um, it just doesn't feel like it was designed for the iPad. It feels like it was ported over from the iPhone. Yeah, well, especially the, the the weather widget's the thing that makes me <laughs> makes it really feel like that to me because yeah, right. it looks just like the iPad the, the iPhone's weather widget, which I like. Uh, I like the new weather layout and stuff in in yeah, it's nice. iOS 15 and everything. But then I, I almost always want to tap on it on my iPhone. I always tap on it and see like more detail. Is it going to be you know when does it get hot tomorrow and stuff like that and. And you, to get a web page is just like a slap in the face. Yeah. Don't understand it at all. It, it's and it's clearly conscious, just like the Safari thing. Like they know what they're doing for yeah. a reason. They do not want a weather app on the iPad for whatever reason. Uh, if they're making the widget, I just gotta feel like it's not done yet or something. It, that's one of those things that would not surprise me if a future beta brought the weather 
app to the iPad, and it's just not wasn't wasn't ready. I don't Maybe. know. I mean, that that would be something. Like fifteen point five brings the weather app, <laughs> right? So we do a lot of research online, uh, and so I use notes a lot on Monterey, and I'm finding the notes new notes feature is very very helpful. Like the new quick note feature where you can set a hot corner yeah, the screen. The quick notes is awesome. Yeah. So I, I've been using that a lot and I've been now you can uh use hashtags so you can tag uh your notes and categorize them and I, I so I've been doing that a lot. It's just a quick quick little thing about notes in Mac, Mac OS Monterey. I've been using that a lot. I find it very helpful. Yeah, the, on the uh, iPad, uh, same thing. I love, you can just swipe from the corner of the screen. It pops up, you type, you write, whatever you want to do, and just and it just goes away. It's it's app-specific, so if you go back to that app, it'll, it'll remind you that it's there. It syncs yeah. with, with, with your notes on your other devices. It's, it's really smart. Uh, a feature that I've wanted for a while. Um, it really feels more desktop-like because you're using like a floating window of sorts. Uh, real intuitive, real smart. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, I also like, and although I don't use it a lot, the live text feature, um, you know, literally just seeing, you can do it in the camera, but also just in, in photos app when you're just looking at photos, really anywhere in there, just if there's text in it, it's, it's going to recognize there's text in it without you having to really enter a scan for text mode or anything like that. And you can just kind of directly copy it and paste it somewhere or something. So if you're the kind of person who takes pictures of receipts or anything like that, or you've just got a, a, a sign you need to translate or something, you know, any of that kind of stuff, it just makes it really, really easy. You know, it's, again, it's not like one of those, I'm doing it a dozen times a day kind of things, but when I need it, it's really helping me out a lot. Yeah, it, that's a that's a cool feature. That again, it's another one where I don't know how many people, how long it's going to take for people to realize they can actually do that. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not it's super. It, it's super um, uh, useful. I, I really wonder. A lot of the features that are around here are not obviously discoverable. Yeah, the same thing with the quick notes. And it's one of those things where when it launches, I wonder to what degree Apple is going to have you know, pop-ups that tell people, Hey, you can do this now, you know, and, and tell people to try it out. Cause honestly, anytime that kind of stuff pops up, I watch other people use their phones when they update them and they just go like next, 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 get out, get away and get, I'm going to need to open Instagram. Like, <laughs> they just. so Google photos, Google has a similar feature in Google photos. And mm -hmm. when you, when you have a, a picture with text in it, there's a little tiny thing at the top that says copy text from photo. And then yeah. it like goes away after like two seconds. Like that would be a good way to get people to realize that you can actually do that. Mm -hmm. Because the actual action is just like it normally is. You press hold and move the thing. Yeah. Like it's and there's so, a, once you know how to do it, it's easy. There is a little uh, visual indicator in the camera app when you're in there. Yes. But that's not the same as when you're in photos. And there, there's things when you swipe swipe around a little bit where you can find it but again it's it's people aren't going to know it's there necessarily but yeah also a uh, great great feature one that i wanted for a while google has had it on their side for a bit and uh, it's it's it works well it's awesome i tried using focus on monterey mm -hmm. yeah. and it turns out that it doesn't really suit my work 
uh, the way I do my work. I guess I work in a matter, in a way that I expect to be interrupted. Totally. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that, 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 all those they, features, the, the digital well-being that Google has, the, 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 the uh, screen time, like they're all great, yeah. but you have to be disciplined to use them, and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my other problem. <laughs> I don't, I'm not that disciplined. To- <laughs> For my part, I've already kind of triaged my notifications either by setting them in every app to only notify me for like like Twitter. I have notifications on, but in the Twitter app, I turn off for everything but DMs. So I only get a notification if there's a DM. I never get notifications if people like tweets or retweet or any of that stuff. So I'm not bothered by that app all the time. Uh, and I've done that with all my apps. So like I have very low utility to these focus modes and stuff because – and if anything's kicking off a notification already, it's just an important thing. Um, they have changed that. That's the whole bedtime. Do not disturb thing is essentially just a sleep focus mode. Now it's kind of absorbed that. So that's the only one I actually practically use. I use it too, but I, I always ignore it. Like it goes on it every night and I, and I oh. swipe it away. <laughs> you need to just change the time then. Cause the only, the only thing I care about is not getting, my my phone making noise while I'm actually sleeping. Well, yeah, sure. There there's that, but I I I was I had designs on like oh all right, so maybe this will help me put my phone down and what? No, it no no that. no. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The 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 wind down stuff. Yeah, yeah they, I was they, hoping they, maybe I would be you know have some some willpower and not have to check the sports score until the morning. No, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so I mean I use that, but just by virtue of the fact that it's my old settings just became a new sleep focus mode. And if it's, if it happens to go be on, like I get up early or something like that, then it's on, on my Mac, you know, because they do translate over on my, my other Mac, my non-work Mac that actually has the beta on it. Um, but again, like I'm not getting, I've triaged my notifications so much anyway that it's, it's low use to me. Uh, what is of use to me and I have been liking is the new notification summary stuff. Um, it, it does prompt you when you install the beta to like, hey, turn this on, you know, and when you turn it on, it kind of gives you some defaults. I think it gives you two notification summaries a day at, at eight and five or something. And you can go in and you can change the times. You can give it more. You can get, you have a, a dozen notification summaries a day, but I really love that I'm basically just picking a few apps that I know the notifications are important and need to be acted on now. Things like messages or the phone or my alarm system. And then like everything else gets dumped into a notification summary and it just gets delivered silently. It doesn't bug me. It doesn't pop up anything. It doesn't make a noise. My phone doesn't beep and vibrate all day, but it's there if I pull down the notifications shade or something, it'll say like, Hey, this evening's <laughs> notification summaries already got this stuff in it. You can, so you can go look, you're, it's, it's not like hidden from you until 5 PM or something. It's there. Um, so I'm liking that a lot. I'm liking that. It's just kind of scooping up all these notifications. It's actually making me think I can go back into all, all my notification settings and turn on notifications on a lot of apps that I had previously turned them off just because just to, for my own digital well-being, for my own don't bother me stuff. So, 
Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a cool feature. And much like you, it's so rather than, so it also, it doesn't bother you, but it also yes. has the effect that when you hear the, the noise or feel the buzz, mm-hmm. you know, it's important. Yes. So you're picking up the phone for a message or a ma- or, or an email or whatever it is. And that, that, that's, what's great about it. Right. And, and, the, most With, people don't do like I do. turning off, you know, because oh, like you did, I went in there too, and I, you know, systematically and, and strategically, all right, I don't need this, I don't need this, I want this. You don't have to do that. Leave them all on, and then just collect yep. them all in a group. Which is what most people do. Like. So, like, it's all about the default. If if Apple really pushes this as a default on people and says, yeah, you're going to have two notification summaries a day, opt out if you don't like it. That's going to be a hugely transformative to people. Um, just because most people don't change their defaults and they get a gajillion notifications a day. It's just this endless stream of stuff on there. And then you don't know what's important anymore and you just ignore them all. <laughs> it's actually going to be good for app developers because when you get so many notifications, you just start ignoring them all. Yeah. And when you see them all at once, it's almost like you have something to read <laughs> at night, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, your day's over. Let me see what notifications. Oh, what I, I missed. And yeah. I think you're probably more likely to act on them than you are if they're coming at two o'clock in the afternoon and you're doing something else. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was weird that it was off by default. I thought it was because uh, of the beta version, but maybe not. Maybe it will be off by default. I don't know. I, it seems do that pr- it shouldn't be. But. Yeah, but they prompt you. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think there's a default choice like turn it on or not or whatever. But they, it, the card comes up and says, you know, here, this is a new feature. You know, turn it on. So hopefully, it it really nudges people to use it, or or it pops up and says, we've done this thing. Turn it off if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. They've tried to do this numerous times in the past. The Today screen, just a notification center itself, and this this is the best. This is the one I think will that will stick. So I, I would welcome it on the Mac. Um, not every app gives you notifications through the standard um, frameworks, but every app that does, I would appreciate this because I've on my Mac, just because of the way I work, I've turned off way more notifications than I have on my iPhone. Like I get almost no notifications on my Mac because if everything is in my dock and stuff anyway i can just see when something needs my attention so i would actually use notifications on my mac if i could just get a summary of in the evening what other new features have you guys uh played with the new memoji uh features (laughs) (laughs) did you uh i'll I'll admit that i haven't touched a memoji in probably three years (laughs) i set mine up as my like default avatar or whatever and uh, yeah i haven't really touched it since then um my son my son has one maybe, maybe he'll use it when he gets it on his ipad <laughs> i i made it so that i had one blue eye and one yellow eye and that was that was exciting <laughs> so yeah. uh, i had uh, the other feature i've sort of used because it's it's not really something you use or don't use is that there's the shared for you stuff now Shared, shared with you mm. stuff. I'm sorry. Where anything that people share with you in messages, there's a section in your other apps that has all those things. So Safari's just got on its new page tab, just has a shared with you section that has links. That's their, their links. My wife has sent me in messages and they're just there in Safari. So I don't have to scroll back in messages, find that thing she sent me mm-hmm. or whatever. 
Um, so that that's there. And in photos, there's that shared with you section where, you know, images people have sent me as far. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I don't have to hop back to messages to get to these other things that I can get them in my other apps. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's not, it, it's hard to describe it. It's a feature, but it's also not a feature. It's not, it's not something you use so much as just a, a way that the apps are reorganizing themselves to work together. Right. I have not used any of the sharing stuff like watch a movie together with somebody over FaceTime. You haven't. Kind of stuff. <laughs> you no. don't do that regularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there are people. The funny thing is, like you know, you watch how teenagers use their phones. And stuff. They do that now. They just oh, yeah. don't do it in sync over FaceTime. They're just like calling each other and watching the same thing right. or whatever, yeah. or, or playing the same game or something like that. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad feature. I just think it's not targeted at me. <laughs> My son gets together on Discord a lot. They yep. They'll they'll do things together like watch TV shows and stuff and chat over Discord. If they're not doing it vocally over some other means, they're doing it in Discord. Yeah. Um, so the idea that you can do it stream that when you're doing that on your iPad streaming through FaceTime, that it syncs up. Because yeah. that's the main issue is that like if you're all watching a show together, you're not at exactly the same place. You can't pause it for everybody, stuff like that. So it's cool. I, I, I'm really curious to what degree it's going to be kind of used by the, that population who kind of shares everything online that way. But my, my that's son not me. does that with his friends also, but like he'll call his friend on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. He'll put his iPad like down, like his face in the ceiling. Yeah. And he'll be playing a game and they'll be talking to each other. So I don't know if, I don't really know if that shared stuff would, would matter. Not for playing a game since, you well, know, that you're not. Right. You're I'm not. saying, but they, they do it for, for videos too sometimes. Yeah. I, you know, if they try it, I bet they would because it keeps them in the same place. Right. And it lets you see the other person's little face, you know, in the corner like FaceTime, but you're watching the video. I, I can imagine it's a much better experience. It's just a matter of like, well, people who do that try it. Oh, you know, these features are going to take off when that COVID variant uh, spreads yeah. like wildfire. Oh, let's, let, let's not wish that on us, Robert. <laughs> oh, yeah. I should have I should have gone there. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We, I don't think we can survive another lockdown. I know, I know my house can't. <laughs> Uh, sort of along the same lines, have you guys tried the uh, FaceTime integration with Windows and Android? It's neat. I mean, it's obviously a progressive web app for the other platforms. They have to be let in by the iPhone user who set up the link and stuff. But it's cool. When you create a link on your iPhone, it's, you just tap a button to create link. And it's you just get a future. <laughs> the share sheet pops up and you can share it immediately or copy the link or whatever but it just stays there in the future thing until you delete it so you can just pop in later re-get that link at any time put it in a calendar event set up your facetime call for mother's day next year like whatever you want to do (laughs) and so that's pretty cool like even for iphone users you don't that that ability to create a future link uh is just a neat uh, really welcome feature to facetime on the other platforms, you know, yeah, yeah, you have to give a name. You don't need an Apple ID or anything. That's nice. You just have to give a name, and the other person, you get weighted to be let in by the. the yeah, iPhone it's user. it's very Zoom like in that regard. 
you, you, you type in your screen name, which could be anything you want. Just, just what the other person sees. Um, yeah, you're in like a virtual waiting room. So you see yourself, uh, you know, until they let you in and then you shrink down to the bottom. You'll, you know, the person that you're talking to is, it's not quite full screen, but it's, it's most of the screen. And, uh, you know, it, it, it works well. It was fast. The quality was good. You um, get some, you have options. You can grid, like change from grid view to the other views. Yeah, very stuff like that. Like you have very simple options, simple, but you yeah. get them. Yeah. You can, yeah, on a mobile device, you can choose which front or back camera and stuff like that. So, you know, they, you can, they you do. Can use headphones or the, or the, or the, or your phone's mic. Yep. Other than that, yeah. you know, you can leave the call and not leave the call. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of what you would expect. It's relatively full featured for being invited and joining on the web, but it's, it's definitely not like the same thing as if they were releasing FaceTime for other platforms. It's, right. it's definitely not that. Yeah. And as I, promised, yeah. as originally promised by Steve Jobs. Seven years ago. <laughs> the open standard of FaceTime. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like no one's ever written some kind of an article or explored like what happened there. Cause I'm sure Steve Jobs was genuine. I'm dying to know the inside yeah, story. Right. Of that. I don't know if anyone yeah. knows the inside story there, but I mean, plenty has been written about how should they open it up and they promised right. they would and stuff, but we never know why they didn't. I know there was patent issues kind of throughout FaceTime's existence, but mm -hmm. none of them seem to be big enough where it would derail something like that. I mean, if they were able to keep doing it on millions and millions of iPhones, there's right. no reason they couldn't have. Maybe it couldn't have been an open standard, but then that. Just release your, your FaceTime app on everybody else's, <laughs> and or what they just did, you know, yeah. why, like why twenty twenty one, why not twenty sixteen well, or twenty seventeen? This feels like a feature the that really thing. came out of the pandemic. Yeah, but know? but why? I mean, I get it, I get all that, and I get that video calls blew up, mm -hmm. but it's not like we weren't doing them before this. It's not like they didn't have business calls. I mean, we use Zoom every week for work. I just don't know why Apple kind of ignored that group for so long i don't know uh yeah. it's a good question i mean maybe it came down to when enough when enough people started installing things like zoom on their iphones, on their iPhones because yeah. they needed them for school and all this other stuff Google and then it became stuff. something where they went well i'm not using facetime as much because i need to reach people who have android and you know, like all my friends now that all my friends have zoom and i have zoom you know we're just using this yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. And it's like in some places you were forced to use other, and most of them, you know, schools, yeah. things like that. Like you had no choice. So yeah, Apple probably saw that and said, we got to get on this, but it just seems like they could have been way ahead of this curve because it is, you know, even though it's rudimentary and, mm -hmm. and extraordinarily basic, it works well. You know, I think people would use it. So watch OS um, if you update to the latest watchOS, you should know that you can't downgrade the way you can on your phone. You can back up your phone and wipe it and you get the old. What, what you can do is you can right. You can so yeah on, on your phone you can get it. You can get it off there immediately. On mm -hmm. the watch you can unenroll from the beta and then you mm -hmm. just have to wait for a, for a version of watchOS seven to come, and that will replace the current version you have. But if that doesn't come, you but that doesn't come, you're out of luck, right? Right. Yeah, there's no way to force a downgrade. Right. Um, you can't force so, it. Um, the there's like you said, there's a lot of 
little stuff like they just improved photos or you know there's more things in wallet or something i haven't tried most of that but what i have been nagged by every day is the new mindfulness stuff which it used to be just the breathe app but now there's two options in mindfulness it nags you every morning unless you tell it not to and you can breathe or you can do a um it's not a daily affirmation it's like a mindfulness reflect um, and those I really and actually kind of enjoy because it will tell you something like, you know, rem- uh, remember a time where you were really inspired by a piece of art and, you know, what inspired you about it. And then you just kind of like give take a minute to just think about that. And it just waits for a minute. So it's like uh, there'll be little things like that where they tell you something to think about or focus on that – will help you, you know, get your mind in a good place and count for a minute, right? It takes a little less time than breathe. Uh, and it's a little less active, you know, like breathe is constantly like buzzing on your wrist and making you like breathe in now, breathe out now. And it's all that's good. But I kind of, I enjoy this mindfulness, uh, reflect thing more. And I found that like, after doing it for a few days, I'm like, oh, this is really nice. This is just put your head in a different place. Can you turn it off or is it? Uh, yeah. It's just like, just like breathe and everything else. You can just say, Hey, stop nagging me about this. You can, for a day, you can say when it pops up, you can say, don't nag me anymore today. Or you can just go into settings and say, you know, don't bother me about this anymore. That does it for this week's episode of the Macworld podcast, episode 750. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. If you want more information about all the betas that we talked about today, about the features and stuff like that, uh, check out our show notes. Check out our homepage. We got links with articles uh, to fill you all in. You can subscribe to the podcast in the podcast app or on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter. That's at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.